Hello everybody, this is Paul Miller, and you're listening to the Tuna Town Talks podcast, located in Venice, Louisiana, the fishing capital of the world. Alrighty guys, um, I'm here today with uh, Cap Donnie Jackson. <laughs> We're here at yeah. the Mississippi Gulf Coast Billfish Classic, and Donnie won first place with the swordfish. Got the new Mississippi State record swordfish. It was 309 pounds, and you guys won a total of how much money? 283000 $283,000, man. I bet that feels pretty good feels today. Feels great, huh? man. It hadn't quite sunk in yet until you get that <laughs> check, you know. Wake up this morning. Yeah, we're, we're sitting here in the, in the golden nugget right now where they actually uh, signed all the checks and uh, decided to sit down and do an interview, man, and uh, I bet – I bet y'all are ready to party tonight, huh? Ready? <laughs> yeah, I got the f- kids and family here, man. It feels good. Wow, that's awesome, man. Definitely. Well, guys, before we get started, I'd like to mention our sponsor, uh, Yellowfin Vodka. Um, it's uh, one of my first sponsors, but guys, I can't tell you enough how much I really like their vodka. It's it's not like any other vodka. It's it's oat. It's got a it's got a oak to- flavor to it. It's really really good. So everybody go and uh, check out. Uh, yellowfin vodka some good stuff and donnie i'm gonna have to owe you a bottle but this is my third podcast today so i don't have one on me but i will get you a bottle of yellowfin vodka sounds okay. good appreciate right, it cool well man without without much more else to say man i want you to go ahead and tell us the uh, story about how uh, all this kind of came to be um you did win like third place uh what two years ago Third place when they had it it was three years ago um yeah. We finished with the 219. We broke the state record the first day. It was only like a 98-pound fish. Mm-hmm. Um, so we broke the state record with the 219, but got bumped down to third when it was all said and done. Wow, wow. Yeah. And uh, how much did you guys win that time? I think we walked away with about 35. 35,000? Yeah. yeah. Wow, man. And y'all came back this time. and Came <laughs> back hungrier, man. We you know, <laughs> did a lot of preparation, man. I've been changing all my line, all my reels. Um, rigging baits. Um, this wasn't something we decided to do overnight. You know? Yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, this is something you've probably been looking at since what December. Definitely. When they when they posted that bounty, this is something you know we uh, we set a goal to do it. You know, um, and I think it's even more gratifying to accomplish that goal when you put in the work and set, you know, put in all the time and the money, and it actually pays off, man. You know, I'm always getting there, but never quite got the first place finish you know it'll be second (laughs) third fourth fifth you know never that that statement first place bounty swordfish and uh that breadwinner yeah (laughs) very gratifying to finally accomplish that man yeah and to do it with my man that's so cool that you say that because i always say like one of the coolest things that i think about fishing is that you can like uh like visualize something for yourself set a goal and then go and do it, you know. Definitely. <laughs> if you don't have goals in fishing, man, you're. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. Some people have that attitude, you know. Everybody's got a different thing, but whenever you have some goals and that finally happens and that that yes feeling that Gratifying, you get, man, that's, for sure. that's awesome. Man. man, so tell us, y'all left out on Thursday. Left Thursday. out of Thursday at 11 a.m. Um, you know, I got to see more maps and I got uh the Simrad um, enhanced charts. Um, so I've been picking spots. We ran about 400 miles west from Biloxi. Mm-hmm. Um, had a big fuel bladder with us. Um, first spot we went to wasn't that good. Um, I wasn't, you know, I had the R509 sounder, so that's a game changer because I'm marking 
I used to, you know, I could mark the bottom, but I was never marking bait. And this, this sounder actually, with air mark um, technology, actually marks swordfish. Mm -hmm. um, so we got out there, and, you know, it was just some spots I picked with the Seymour and um, the Simrad. And we were kind of looking around. It looked good, but it wasn't, it didn't feel fishy, you know. Um, we dropped there. Well, we didn't get there until about 7 o'clock thursday evening so by that time the bite was kind of finished we were setting up for our nighttime. um we just put some lines out and got some rest because we knew friday was going to be a busier day mm -hmm. um we fished so you guys didn't fish did you guys fish all through the nights we as did well? yeah yeah wow. we had but one guy stay are you up. a little more confident in the daytime daytime yeah um nighttime was just kind of like a potluck thing if it happens it happens but um i knew we would get I was more comfortable, I should say, with getting the big one during the day than Just because you've done night. it before. Exactly. Right? Yeah. And I just feel, you know, there's some big ones caught, but I, every time I've night fished, I've caught like 100-pounders max, you know. Yeah. Um, so the daytime, I, I felt a lot more confident in getting a bigger fish. Mm -hmm. So we wanted to rest up. We had one guy on shift always just drifting around, and he would monitor the lines. and, and um, we How many lines did y'all fish We ran night? five at night. Holy shit. 300, 200, 100, a deep line, and uh, kind of a pitch bait on the other side of the boat that we didn't throw out. But if something came up in the lights, we were ready to pitch him that bait. Wow. Yeah. Hmm. And uh, those lines were run, you know, you can use floats. We use balloons with light sticks on them. Yeah, yeah. And then during the day, how many lines? Uh, during the day, we ran two. Two. A buoy rod and a down rod. Wow, nice, yeah. nice. So um, y'all fished through the night, and then the next day? Next day, we woke up, you know, I set my clock for 4.30, got up, um, you know, rinsed off with the fresh water a little bit, freshened up, and um, I, mo I, I made and a move. And you guys were in a center console, center just console. for people don't know, yep. like y'all are in a contender? Definitely, right? 39 contender, trip Yamaha 425s, so... You know, we didn't have the luxury of staying in a cabin or anything. We were on bean bags. You yeah, know, yeah. We brought a little barbecue pit with us to cook some <laughs> steaks, so that was nice. But, uh, yeah, it was definitely a grind. You know? Nice. Um, and so when did y'all hook up? Well, we, that Friday morning we woke up, and I wasn't feeling the spot. So we made, we made a move about 40 miles back to the east. Um, I had picked some spots out the previous day. Um, we went over there. First drop, insta-bite, like a 140. Mm -hmm. um, soon as, I, as soon as I got down. So I was like, all right. You know, I was marking bait there. It looked a little better. Thermocline looked good off the bottom. All, all the things, you know, I look for when I'm sword fishing. Um, so we dropped down again. We picked off like a 100-pounder. Um, we released that. Mm -hmm. um, by that time, you know, I was like, all right, let's make another, another little move. So... Um, we moved over about 20 more miles from there, and uh, we we put out two lines, and um, I think we doubled up a small one, a pup we released, and then another one about 110. Um, so we just kept moving, man, kept moving, and um, finally we found found a school of big fish. But this wasn't till um, this was Friday afternoon. The bite Friday was incredible for us um, in total. For the whole trip, we went nine for 11. Um, the smallest sword was like 100 pounds. Wow. Biggest was 309. We lost two. One was probably 250. One was probably 
240, you know, somewhere in that area. I battled one for three and a half hours the day before and um, fortunately pulled the hooks. But uh, by that time, you I fought felt, one for four hours. Yeah, and you pulled the hook. Pulled on? the hooks. Holy shit, yeah. man! I bet that was pretty discouraging. Oh man. man, we were. Yeah, the whole crew was down, <laughs> including myself, man. Because battling a fish for that long, you know, yeah. normally when running charters, I, I don't get to fight fish. Yeah. So, but fishing for big money, um, I, I wanted to yeah. <laughs> get well, myself the best it, chance. Right? You yeah, know, definitely. Sure. Um, so, you know, at this spot, I picked. We dropped down, man. And after we fought that fish, um, we lost it. You know, the crew was kind of down. So we went back, we reset, and then we hooked that other big one. It wasn't the one we killed, but we ended up losing this fish after like two hours. He came up, jumped by the boat, way over 200 pounds. Um, You know, the big ones, they usually swim the lead up pretty quick. You can take it off, you get a look at them, see what you're working with, and then they sound, you Mm -hmm. know, if you don't get that shot on them. This fish was still super green, so we didn't have a harpoon shot or anything like that. But um, we ended up losing that fish, man. So by by that time, it's it's almost afternoon, um, getting later in the day. Um, you know, every, morale's kind of kind of taking a hit a little bit on the boat. Yeah, and like just real quick, who did who all did you have like on the boat with yep, you? Yep, I had uh, Mitch Bronson. I had my dad, Don Jackson Sr. Um, I had. Whitney Barron, he's a buddy, and uh, my dad's friend Russell Webb. So we yeah. had a crew of five. Yeah. Wow, wow. So y'all, you guys fish pretty often together? Or? Yeah, we do. We fish in tournaments, tournaments together. together. Yeah. Wow, that's awesome, man. Yeah. A good camaraderie. Yeah. You know, bring each other Definitely. up and everything. Definitely. They haven't sword fished a lot with them, but um, they they pick up on fishing. You know, either you yeah, got yeah, it or you, yeah, don't, you don't fish. Right. Yeah. Exactly. It's so. more about knowing the people that you're with. Exactly. A lot of times, and kind knowing of what being patient with them and understanding it's their first time, kind of showing them what to do. So, you know, I would set up all the lines, crimp the baits on, and all that. But they they would make some direct drop weights and you know right, monitor right. the buoy rod and, and and tasks like that. You know. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. For sure. For sure. So go ahead and I don't mean to cut you off. No, you're people. good. Um. So by that time, you know, it was, it was pretty down, but we were at a spot we were comfortable with but it was getting late in the evening you know by that time fighting fish all day and you know only had a 130 to show for it um we we were pretty tired you know it got to 6 7 p.m um we were debating should we go in and get fuel you know or should we we had just enough to make it to venice marina we we calculated um so we were debating should we go in and get fuel come back out or should we just stay because we were in a spot we were very comfortable with you know some big fish were biting um, but we knew it wouldn't be till the morning to where that bite picked up again mm-hmm. according to the moon and stuff like that so um man we just put out lines we drifted again that night we caught two pups at nighttime this small ones um we released those and then um morning came around um, woke up early, same routine, you know, rinsed off a little bit, um, ate a little something, and then uh, we set up on the spot and we dropped. First drop, Instabite, another like 130, 140. Um, we released him because we had one in the box, no need to kill a bunch of fish for this tournament, you know. Right, right. Um, looking we were for looking for one. the big one, definitely. Mm-hmm. Um, so by that time, man, we, we've calculated that we have to leave at 11 a.m. to make it to the scales on time. Mm-hmm. So it comes to 7 o'clock, you know, um, 7 a.m. I'm just putting the buoy <laughs> out, man. Buoy goes slack. Before we can even get the down rod out, the buoy's totally slack. Um, and my guy on the front was like, man, I think, think we got something. I felt it rip out my hand. I said, well, 
looked over there, you know, saw the buoy. It was totally slack, and it shouldn't have been slack. You know, there right, should have been pressure. Have on so the, yeah. I was like, crank, 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 you know, because um, either you hook them on the buoy or you don't. That's kind of the downfall with that. Yeah. You know. Um, You're just relying on them to exactly. choke on it. <laughs> yeah, they, they got to choke it, you know. And then once you get them, you need to put a little drag on them um, to make sure that hook's set. So, um, yeah, so y'all hooked up on it. 7 a.m., man, the buoy went slack. Um, you know, we figured, all right, man, you know, this is going to be a quick battle. You know, we'll see what it is. Um, but as soon as we got tight on him, man, he started pulling drag. And, you know, you can kind of, kind of a tell. You can kind of tell if it's a big fish or not um, off the bat. Um, doing it a while, you can just kind of tell. You know, the big mm-hmm. ones, they kind of sit on the bottom for a minute, and then they'll come scope that lead up. And um, we could just kind of tell what was going on. Uh, so we got tight on him. Um, and the fish swam the let off. We got the let off pretty quickly, about 45 minutes. We saw him on the surface, an absolute super stud, man. We were all <laughs> stoked. We were like, man, we need to seal the deal this time. Right. You know, um, so everybody, we just put in, you know, I got strapped in the harness for, for a battle. Um, mm-hmm. And then, um, what was it? Almost five hours later, right at, right at five hours. Um, yeah long time man my legs were numb um everything you know by that time you know we were supposed to leave an hour ago to make it to the scales so we're crunched on time um we end up you know landing the fish you know get a couple gaffs in her um and we knew it was a a good so what time did you guys actually it was it was after it was you know by the time we got the fish in the boat and all that it was close to 12 30. So we had to be back at Biloxi by 6 p.m. So we still had to get fuel in Venice, um, you know. Holy cow. So we, I bet y'all were Oh, nervous. we were, dude, yeah, we were, we were crunched, you know. Um, but we, we made it, man. What we, time did y'all make it to the checkpoint? Five, 5.50, 10 minutes. 5.50. 5.50. Oh. And I ran that boat, you know. On the pins, huh? Yeah, we couldn't run. You know, we, we were real low on fuel, so we couldn't run hard going to Venice. Venice, but once you got to Venice, it you could ramp it, it up all yeah. the way. Yeah, you we, were on the pins the whole yeah, way? Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we had our hammer down. We had that 39 with the 425s rolling. I mean, you know, when you have a fish like that to not I mean, make yeah, you're about to win at $280,000. Know, yeah. So I, I don't like running my boat hard, you know, because right now – those parts are hard for, to get, but, but that's what they're for. Exactly, you, pay, on a you paid for a lot like of that this, boat. With it was time. It was time to, to yeah. see what she had. You yeah. know, um, so we made it with ten minutes to spare. Waited in line for four hours. Didn't weigh that fish till after ten p.m. Um, really? Yep. It was. Just, it was just. You know, I hadn't got one over three hundred. Me personally, you know, I've got a couple really? two nineties. So that's your biggest one. That's ever. my personal best, and it couldn't <laughs> have came at a better time. Even, like, in the biggest one you've ever been a part of as yeah, well? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Biggest one on my boat, any of that, definitely. Man, that's so, that's such a cool tournament, I mean, like, story that you have just because, like, I, I like the way that you say, like, you have a goal and, like, I don't know, man. I, I really believe in, like, the uh, the the power – what's it called, man? I forget the name of that. It's called, like, the power of uh, uh, positive thinking. Like, yep. if you think about something enough – Yep. then eventually it'll happen Definitely. or just like if you don't want something to happen bad enough that might happen too <laughs> just because oh, you yeah. don't want it to oh, happen yeah. you know yeah and uh oh, man that's so cool you caught the biggest one in your life 
in a tournament like this and you win $280,000. Like, I just can't imagine what that feels like. It's man. a great feeling, man. I don't think it's still, like I said, it, it hasn't quite sunk in all the way yet, you yeah. know, but it, 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 it'll get there, you know. Still working on the boat, cleaning fish, and <laughs> getting knocking the job out, man. And then I start charters in two days, so. Yeah, man, back me to too, the man. I got to get back to Venice. Yep. I'll be back for, I got three weeks straight book as well oh, yeah. again for July 4th, so. <laughs> Y'all got a bunch of charters lined up yeah, down there? Yeah, so. we're pretty busy. And, uh, you know, a fish like that can change business, too, you know, yeah, for the better. Yeah, absolutely, man. Definitely. It definitely, yeah, definitely will. So, you, um, just to let everybody know, man, like, what's your charter? And, like, yep, where Tails you? Up Charters, man. Um, you down, know, down we run in Venice? A, yeah, right Venice, Cypress, Cypress Cove Marina. Yeah. Yeah, we got a 39-2021 contender with trip 425s on it. Wow. Awesome, man. How long have you been doing charters down there? I've been doing it, you know, professionally since 2013. Um, mm -hmm. You know, I always wanted it to be a full-time gig, but, you know, it used to be one, two, three days a week, man, until finally, you know. It's I been opening it up pretty good for you, it, huh? Yeah. Yeah, nice. it's been a good last two years for sure. Nice, man. That's a, that's a grind as a charter captain, I can tell you. It's building your name and uh, there's there's a lot that goes into it man it's definitely it's a but, tough business but when you yeah very tough but when you love something man it makes going to work enjoyable you yeah. know and, and people feed off your energy you yeah. know so yeah. Yeah, yeah you definitely man it's that's one thing is keeping your personality to that optimal like level whenever you're fishing every day like you're entertaining people every day so it's it's a lot of uh, repetitive questions and uh, things like that that, you know, it really wears on your personality at times, but trying to keep that, that tempo up for your customers, man, it's, it's a big deal. It for is, sure. It is, man. It's something you got to get. It's something I've learned to enjoy and get better at, you know, and uh, it's, it's definitely doing wonders for my business. For definitely. Sure. But, um, man, would you say, like, I've always kind of said, because, like, you don't see – you really don't see a ton of charter fishermen in tournament fishing like what you're doing. And I've always kind of said, like, you know, for, like, me as a redfish, like, inshore guy, like, a, that's what I target a lot of the times is, is that kind of stuff. Would you – like, I kind of feel like sometimes that being a charter captain isn't necessarily the best thing for being a tournament guy as well because a lot of times as a charter captain, it's it's a different goal, right? You're just trying to go out and have fun and, and make, make your clients happy. Versus like tournament being a tournament fisherman, you're looking for something very specific, and you know things can go wrong, and it's just a whole, it's a different thing, you know. Like I was just like the the blue marlin winners were just in here with, and they were telling me how mad they were whenever they thought they had a big blue marlin on last week, and it was actually a bluefin. No. And like any other day, you would have been happy as shit right. to catch a bluefin, but because you're you know in a blue marlin, no. you know, this is just a different goal. But do you feel like, you know, being a charter captain is, gives you an advantage or a disadvantage whenever it comes to doing a tournament like this? To me, I feel like it gives me an advantage because I'm out there more than most guys. Yeah. Um, and, you know, we actually did some running over there about three weeks before the tournament to, to check out some of these spots, and we caught some good fish um, rather than just saying, oh, you know, going over there with without any – yeah. You know, um, so you feel like it gives you like some more intel as to where definitely like, intel know. and just no, you know, just being out on the water, man. You know, doing yeah. it yourself. You can get your reps in. For definitely. Sure. Yeah. Just you know, as long as you do something, you're gonna get better with it. Like I just kind of see it as like people ask me all the time why I don't do like redfish tournaments, and it's because like 
I don't know, with redfish tournaments, it's like you're looking for like something real specific. And if I'm out on the water all the time and you got to go look at those areas to do what you're trying to do, like specifically, you know, for that tournament, it's not necessarily going to make the best charter. Right. So it's kind of, I don't know, I could see, I can see what you're saying is it working in your advantage, but at the same time, you know, weeks before and weeks after this tournament, you you still got to be on the water. So, like, you might not be as fresh and ready to, like, oh, definitely. get after it as a lot of these other And boats, it's hard you know? to turn down a paycheck <laughs> for a gamble. Yeah, yeah, that's, exactly. That's why a lot of the Mexican Gulf guys, I mean, I mean, they're all talking about you and your fish right now, yeah. I guarantee it. And, you know, you had the balls to say, screw those. I turned down four charters yeah, this you, week to, yeah, you know, <laughs> to do so it, that was tough though. And you're spending money. You're not it, just turning down charters. Definitely. You're spending money. That's, and I think that's the toughest part for some guys. It's, yeah. it's like, whether do I go with the guaranteed paycheck or do, and, and to me, you know, I save up all year for this tournament. You know, I'm not a big money guy, Yeah. you know, so, yeah. you know, I'm a family man and you know, every, every little bit counts for me, man. Yeah. So to save up consistently to fish this tournament, you know, was, meant a lot you know and, and to turn down four or five trips to, to do it yeah. you know it's you, pros and cons for Man, sure so do you, do you guys feel like y'all can do it again y'all gonna keep keep coming keep after com- yeah as long as they got the swordfish bounty man <laughs> tails up tails up charters will be in the tournament you know for sure wow man that's cool man you got to keep it going i wish i could get um i need i want to i want to do some tournaments in the future but like you know i want to do tournaments but i don't want to just jump into it with anybody i want to you got to have some i want to be i want to be on a team man i want to be on a team that's that's it's not it's not a one-man show man you got it's it's a team total team a team that i feel like would function well with like what like I think you know what I mean, like where I feel like I would fit in. E- like, each individual should have a, a specific job that they're good at, so you yeah. have to cater to their what they're good at. Mm-hmm. You know, you yeah. can't give someone a job who who doesn't really grasp that task, or, or you're that you know, right, right. you'll be in trouble. No doubt, man. I, I, I'm looking forward to it in in the future. I mean, it might be next year, it might be ten years from now before I find a group of guys I'm willing to like go into it with. But like, definitely. Man, it's cool to hear y'all's stories and all this stuff, man. It's it's really awesome, man. Um, but uh, I guess we'll we'll we're right at about twenty five minutes, so I'm gonna go ahead and, and start to wrap it up. But man, one of the questions I ask on a lot of the podcast is like, what do you think we can do more? I mean, since you're part of the charter fleet down in Venice, and you've just won, you know, this tournament. Um, you know, I want to I want to ask you like what what do you think we can do more as a fishing community in terms of conservation? Like, what do you think, or do you think it's good the way that it is? What like how do you feel about conservation? In the man, that that's a big big thing <laughs> for me, man. I, I'm pretty conservative myself. Yeah. Um, you know, the max swordfish that I would kill is two, and I I don't even like killing two to be honest. Mm-hmm. So you know, everyone has a different perspective yeah, on that got you know, a very some two or three um mm-hmm. kill two or three but you know um we need we, as a group of captains we we can be better with that there's no need to go out and kill six tuna and, and two swordfish and a limit of snapper right you know that that's just my my personal thing you know a little bit of each is is better that's yeah. just my personal opinion though yeah right right I, I definitely see what you're saying and that's one of the things that i i found really i find really really strange um is that we we all like 
as a charter community, if you talk to a lot of the guides, we actually want to keep less than what they allow us to keep. Definitely. But it's like the red snapper thing puts this weird mentality where we want them to like let us keep you know more red snapper so it's like us versus them but really like they say that the science is okay for us to keep what what is the limit like four swordfish per boat yeah three uh, yellowfin uh, some, per boat somewhere around yeah. so like ideally people could go out and kill like 18 yellowfin or 24 yellowfin and four swordfish and go catch 50 mangroves on the way in right right <laughs> you know what yeah. i mean and, and like and they say that that's okay within the science like they like they say that that's okay but like what are we really trying to do are we trying to fill our freezers are we trying to go out and have a good time and, and eat some fresh fish like, it's more you know, so stroking your ego man yeah you know yeah. And, and i said that before too. It, it needs to more be about giving it to our kids when they get older so we have a fishery yeah you feel know, good it, about what you're doing right yeah 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 so i mean you can go out and catch three swordfish but release one or two man yeah you know and if you explain to people our job is not just to kill fish man if you explain to people like one swordfish is going to yield you 60 70 percent of meat so you catch a hundred pound sword you're going to have a cooler full of swordfish right you know you're going to be okay <laughs> yeah and and you can go out and catch an, another one or two man but yeah do your part and and release one or two man and, and yeah. it releasing a fish feels better to me than killing one yeah unless i'm fishing for big money yeah exactly man. And like and I, I think a lot of it goes into what you said is it's it's an ego thing and like i think a big part of what we need to do as a community is try and like transform our mentality whenever we go fish and i'm, I'm guilty of it myself oh me too you know? 100%, I, definitely man. oh dude you i know? can't tell you how many times i've <laughs> I've kept like, you know, I've went out, killed a bunch of fish, come back, and somebody yeah. says something about it, and no. you're like, oh, well, maybe I, maybe I am in the wrong, you know. No, and it's, you know, it's. But as you it. get older, I think you see things through a different lens. Yeah, you know? it's not just older, but like being in fishing longer, because yeah. like some people, they just get into it, and you know, they get into it. They see people on Facebook posting, you know, lots of fish all over the dock and stuff. And they're like, oh, I want to do that too, you know? So it becomes about their ego. They want to catch more than that guy over there. Definitely. You know? <laughs> and if their mentality sometimes, I know some guys, you know, if I'm not doing it, someone else will. Yeah, yeah. If I don't kill this fish, well, the next guy's going to kill right. this fish. You know? Right, yeah. And then he's coming in with two and I'm coming in with one, you know. Right, right. It's right. a size game, man. So. Yeah. It's really strange too as a charter captain because, like, a lot of your clients will have that mentality and you won't even realize it. So, like, if you come in with one and there's another charter boat and you release two and you brought in one but the other guy kept all three or whatever, and then that guy's going to be like, well, what the hell, man? You right. Know? Either he's going to have that mentality or you've already, or hopefully you've already done your job and you explain that. Explain. That, like, that's that's, too much. that's where you're, yeah. Your <laughs> and hopefully he'll come back with you because you think like that, you know. And, and a lot of my customers are good customers like that, you yeah. know. As yeah. long as you explain to them what you're doing, a lot of them are going to take your advice, you yeah. know. But every now and then you get that group that just wants to kill fish. Yeah. And I know? try to do that with, like, uh, the redfish. Like, you know, a lot of the captains, you can keep your, like – you can keep five per person and i think the law is that they're not allowed to keep the captain's limit but the captain is allowed to keep his limit if that makes sense so you like if you have a, a boat full like if you have two customers you can legally keep like 15 but what i've tried to do is tell people that we're like like if we all stop keeping our captain's limit yep. 
like think about that. Like if I fish 150 days a year and I'm keeping five fish a day, it's a big impact. It's a big impact doing that. That's I did the math. It was almost over a hundred thousand redfish that we could save every year, right? Just by you know captains releasing their limit. And when you explain it to a customer, and they like, and they think about that, and they still feel like they should keep your limit too. Man, I don't know if I want that guy coming back with me anyways. <laughs> you know what I mean? I would have to agree with you on that for sure. Like, <laughs> but if they can like adopt that and be right. like, yeah, man, you know what? Yeah, that's probably that's probably right. You know, we probably should do it like that. Then, you know, they and they, they feel like they have plenty. And the thing is, too, it's not like I'm going to catch my five or ten or whatever they need and then go home. I'll go do something else, you know, and yep. try and make a day of it for sure, you know. I would agree. Yeah, man, there's a... There's a lot to the conservation, but one more quick thing while we're on the swordfish is how do you feel about, like, I've seen, you know, some people at the dock and you'll have, like, a small swordfish. And people will say, oh, man, you know, shouldn't kill one that small, right? But the idea behind, like, redfish fishing, right, like, we release all the bulls because those are the big breeders. And then we keep the smaller ones because the the breeders are the ones that you want in there do you, would you like i mean i don't know anything about the science behind it but like do you feel like it's more acceptable to keep a giant swordfish or like one or two small ones or just one small one like what like in terms of like conservation like should we like be shaming people for keeping ones that are barely legal or we should we be telling people that are catching the three four hundred pounders to release those you know that's <laughs> it, it's a double-edged sword i feel like you yeah. know um I feel like that's there's not enough information about them. That, to really I make I that. would have to agree with that too. I, I just don't know as much. You know, I like to do do homework on something before I can base my opinion off of. I and I feel with, I don't have enough. With the swordfish, with the swordfish, the, to, to me, see, I feel like it's a pride or an ego thing. Whenever it comes to a lot of it, because it's like, why are you killing that little swordfish? Well, it's really about that other guy feeling like he's you know he's got too much pride to kill one that big. But I don't think that there's enough that we know about swordfish to make that you know call. And, and there's more swordfish than we think out there man you know that we're just so starting to explore deep water mm-hmm. you know daytime sword fishing is getting pretty popular in venice you know yeah. there used to be a couple guys doing it a couple years ago yeah now you know it, it's yeah. you know i'd man, say 80 percent of the people are you know. i've had questions about to people about like do you think that there's you know some people will say well there's way more like why can you keep you know, we keep a 550-pound yellowfin, and that's okay. But if you go kill 550-pound swordfish, then people are going to be mad about it, right? right? <laughs> no. I, it, but is totally. it because, like, and then somebody says, well, there's more yellowfin there are swordfish. But do we know that? But the, how the fuck do you know that? Exactly. <laughs> do we truly know that? Yeah. You, I don't – I mean, to me, it's hard to really know that at all with, no. like, I mean, there's so much deep water ledges out there that there's no way to know if there's more swordfish. And the charts are just starting to get get to where yeah. you can find them. You yeah, know? exactly, man. Like, there's there's so much open water out there off the shelf, man. It's it's and they're found in every single ocean in the world. Definitely. So it's just there's unlimited where they could be. So no, it's crazy. Well, man. Um, I really appreciate you sitting down for this interview with me. Um, I, if there's anything else, if you want to shout out to any of your sponsors or any people. Man, we'd just like to thank Contender Boats, uh, Yamaha, you know, Poseidon Rods, Marsh Tacky, 
um, Simrad Electronics, um, and I got a couple others, but you know those those are my main ones. I, I'd like to thank for yeah, for man, just for sure for your sure. support and stuff. Shout out to Poseidon Rods, man. I've been uh, I use them a lot too. That guy Harold, oh, man, Harold is a great guy to deal with and high quality stuff. High quality stuff for sure. Everybody. Please, if you would like some good custom rods, I use them for cork fishing. Donnie uses them for sword fishing. Sword fishing, tuna fishing. I can tell you that there is such a night and day difference whenever it comes to a good custom rod like Poseidon makes versus I'm, I can guarantee you any kind of generic rod that you get from offline or in stores are made in like two or three manufacturers overseas and then they're not that good. But I can tell you that these custom rods from Poseidon you can tell Harold what you're trying to target and he will make you a rod specifically for what you're trying to do so it's it's a big difference it really is one more quick thing is um just this to show you how good Poseidon rods are you know I normally the max drag is I'll put on a swordfish is 15 pounds once we hook them well we were running low with time I put 35 pounds on that big and it Big still sword. had some flex it in it, huh? It still was flexing. It allowed me to lift the fish um, and for over two hours. You had 35 pounds of 35 drag. pounds. I mean, after three hours, we just, you know, yeah, we I mean, were either like. Crunch we, for time. You're either going to catch them or you're not going to catch That's them. the way we looked at it is we just got to roll the dice. And normally I don't like to fish that way, but if I didn't have that rod, I wouldn't have felt as comfortable because I've known people who snap rods. Yeah. With, you know. Dude, it's uh, it's like you can't like whenever you're spending all this money to go, you know, target these fish. Like you're, you've already bought the boat, you're buying the fuel, you're buying everything. Spend like the that. extra money and get you some quality gear. <laughs> get you some quality <laughs> rods, man. Definitely. I'm telling you, like that rod is such a big difference. I I went from generic rods to custom rods, man, and. I've done it several times from the time I was in private boats and then I moved and we went through that transition. We had Shimano stuff. Yep. We got, you know, good custom rods and now I did the same thing when I got my inshore boat and I can just tell you land a lot more fish and it's a lot more fun too. Isn't it more fun when you uh, got like badass shit? For sure. For sure. <laughs> Versus and, and when you got shitty gear. Customers see that too. Yeah, you know, they sure. get on your boat, you have but talicas they want, they and learn. They, they want to they they know what the better stuff is to use too because there's so much bullshit out there, man. Yep. There really is. There's so much like like Facebook ads and stuff. That's oh, yeah. Wow. One of the things I want to do with this podcast is really try and promote like good products that I truly believe in because like there's so much bullshit that people – they can't really sort through it all, you know. So. For sure. Well, cool. Well, Donnie, I appreciate it again. And once again, I'm going to go ahead and mention uh, Yellowfin Vodka, man. I'm going to get you a bottle of that. But everybody, <laughs> Sounds good. Y'all drink responsibly, but please drink. Go uh, <laughs> see what all the hype's about and get y'all a bottle of some Yellowfin Vodka. So uh, with that, we can go wash this boat. Yeah, appreciate uh, you having <laughs> me on, man. Yeah, man. Thanks yep. again. Thanks for listening, everybody. Please give us a follow on Facebook or Instagram at Tunatown Talks. Also, if you'd like to book a charter with me, you can do so by visiting our website at mgfishing.com. That's Mexican Gulf website, where you'll find my online booking calendar with all my open dates. And remember, guys, always be safe while out on the water.